I'm Chuck Smeaton from the Royal Institution of Australia, and this is a Cosmos Briefing bonus episode. Today, we talk with two fascinating guests, both doing interesting work in recovering fabric waste. Firstly, Robert Spate, Professor of Microbial Biotechnology at QUT, talks to us about the work he is doing on the development of enzymes and microbial production systems for industrial applications. We are then joined by Adrian Jones, a co-founder of Blocktex, whose proprietary technology separates polyester and cotton materials back into their high-value raw materials of PET and cellulose for reuse as new products for all industries. Today's interviews are hosted by Cosmos Science journalist Ellen Fidian. Hi Rob, how are you? Yeah, good. Can you explain in brief how the soft technology works? Yeah, sure. I can give you a, an overview. So the challenge with, with a lot of textiles is that they're mixtures of different materials and that, that makes them really, really hard to, to separate because what we need to do to be able to recover those textiles and those materials is, is to separate them into a single single component. So, so what this technology does is, is to do exactly that. So it would take something like a, a blend of polyester and cotton, and that's a really, really common blend that you find in textiles and lots of the the clothes that we wear, the t-shirts and the other shirts and trousers and so on. A lot of these are cotton polyester blends, which makes them really hard to, to separate. So, so what the process does is it takes those two solids and it takes the cotton and it, it turns that into a cellulose powder and it leaves the polyester totally un, untouched. So the polyester can be recovered and, and turned in, into flake, into chips and to be made into other plastic materials. And then that, that uh, cellulose powder can be washed away and uh, from, from the polyester and recovered and used in lots of different applications as well. So, so it's a really quite quite a simple and effective process. Cool, thanks. Um, what are the environmental savings and costs associated with the tech? Yeah, so it's the textiles, as, as we'll all appreciate, uh, there's so many of them around. There's so many volumes. People are buying lots and, and, and using them, and sometimes they get to the end of life and need to be um, uh, something needs to happen to them. And unfortunately, at the moment, without solutions, a lot of these materials go into landfill. And, and so, so, so that's really what we're trying to avoid here is, is these materials going to landfill because they're actually really, really valuable. They're a resource to go forward. And if we can recover those materials, we, we avoid the, those landfills being filled up with textiles. But more importantly, we retain the value, the, the energy that went into making those materials in the first place, that's, that's retained to go forward into new products. So, so it's avoiding that landfill, but more, more importantly, it's, it's recovering those textiles and then being able to use those in advanced manufacturing going forward. Um, and what further areas of research are you looking at after this? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's still lots to do in, in the textile space. Um, and the more we can use these materials for really exciting products, um, the better it will be. So, so the research that we're doing is uh, particularly looking at things like the cellulose powder and thinking what the, the highest value and most exciting applications we can do um, for those. Um, so we might be able to use them in, in particularly ad advanced material applications or to blend them with, with some biological applications as well that we're thinking about. Um, and use them maybe as catalysts and that kind of thing. So th there's lots of really cool things we can potentially do with that, with that cotton powder. 
Um, and then in other work that we're doing in, in textiles, we're, we're thinking about how to use uh, advanced bioengineering to, to generate protein dyes, for example, so that, that people can at home wash in different colors and wash them out as part of their, their normal uh, washing and, and um, processing of their clo clothes at home. So people can have more fun with their clothes and hopefully, again, uh, avoid them going to landfill if, if people can change the colors and customize them. So that's quite an exciting, fun project we're doing with some protein-based dyes. It's such a fascinating area as well, because it seems like it's been so difficult to um, recycle textiles for such a long time. Like it seems like something that's been, people have been interested in for ages, but it's sort of moved quite slowly up until recently. Yeah, it really, it really is that, that problem around the complexity and the blends. Um, that make it really hard. And it's not just textiles, it's the same with, you'll, you'll appreciate things like Tetra packs and stuff in food packaging or anything where you've got two like cardboard mixed with plastic um, and so on, it just make you can't recycle that stuff. Or, um, so, so, so that's been a big, a big problem and the, and the industry just hasn't been really set up with that end of use in mind. So it's all been about, oh, yeah, we've got to have stretchy jeans. So, you know, you've got to have that that 1% elastane in there, mm -hmm. you know, with a cotton. You can't just have a cotton jean because um, people love to stretch. But but that that putting that 1% elastane in with the cotton makes that cotton then unrecyclable. Yeah, it's so much easier to sell mixed media. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I, mean, I just think it's really great that um, people are really now um, realizing some of the big challenges around textiles um, and the need to re recover those, because um, I think people are very aware of other, other streams, things like food waste and that kind of thing. And it's great that textiles is, is now being recognized and, and people like Blocktex um, through the work we've done as well with us at QUT um, are able to hopefully make a big difference going forward. Great, Professor Robert Spate, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, great talking to you. I'm here with Adrian Jones, co-founder of Blocktex. Adrian, what makes it difficult to recycle textiles on an industry scale? I think the major difficulty is that the textiles are A, not sorted or collected in a particularly useful way, they're often put into rubbish bins or they're put into collection bins or they're put at the back of the uh, back of the car park somewhere. So collection is difficult. But then from a more from a, a science point of view and a technology point of view, the hardest part is, is that 75% of these fibers will be blended. They'll be mixed together like polyester and cotton. And therefore, if you recycle them as they are, you just end up with a recycled polyester and cotton when you may want recycled polyester or you may want recycled cotton so the the challenge is actually separating those blends to produce a useful output rather than just a a well-meaning a, a, a well-meaningful output everyone wants to recycle but recycling to produce value is much harder um what will be done with the recovered plastic and cellulose powder made by blocktex we have um two principles in blocktex the first is keep textiles out of landfill and the second is don't make another problem. What we don't say is that we have to convert textiles back into textiles. So we see ourselves as a resource converter and we take our polyester and we convert that from fiber polyester and we convert it into polyester chips, which is then used in the injection molding industry into the um, 
geofabrics industry uh, where there's onshore demand in volume. And the cellulose, we put that into, um, into the built environment. So it goes into aggregates such as uh, glues, paints, adhesives, mortars, uh, where it acts as a natural coagulant. But we don't try to get textiles back into textiles because there's no textile industry in Australia. Right. So it's more about raw materials for other industries rather than textiles. Absolutely. We, we, we absolutely refuse to be, see ourselves as part of the waste industry. Um, the waste industry has an economic model, which I think is old fashioned and is a, it's, it's the same as the coal industry. It's just an old, in, it's an old model. We see ourselves as converters. So we take a resource that is in form A and then through our process, we convert that resource into form B and that resource is then sold to become an input into another industry. Um, are there any environmental risks to your technology and what will be the benefits? I think <clears throat> as part of our principles of BlockTex, we, we set out not to make another problem. So I think a lot, of, um, a lot of environmental science, a lot of environmental recycling methods, you really have to poke it really hard because there's a lot of bad stuff happens as, as well. And you have to be really clear that you're not sort of saying, look over there, I've done all this good stuff, but don't look over there, I've done all this bad stuff. At the end of our, at the end of our process, all that we produce is water. We use water, we use chemicals in our process, but we neutralize those chemicals during our process. So our, our, our output is separated polyester and cellulose and water, and we recycle that water and use it back into our, into our um, process. So the environmental, um, we, we don't have, we live a very, 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 very low environmental footprint because you can't claim to be an environmental company if you're just sort of marketing the good stuff that you do and hiding the bad stuff that you do. And a lot of that, sadly, does exist. Um, in terms of the environmental benefits, they're huge. Um, our um, engineering and maths tells us that for every kilogram of polyester cotton that we recycle, we offset around 30 kilograms of CO2 equivalent. So for every one kg of pillowcases, it offsets 30 kilograms of CO2. So if our first plant will be doing about 3,800 tons, you can see that that is a, a, a lot of CO2 that is being abated um, just by recycling textiles. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Um, I think it's really interesting that the, we, we assume recycling is always going to be a completely holistic, no waste um, process, but a lot of the time it's not. And I think a lot of companies, <clears throat> I'm not going to name names here. I've been threatened with defamation too many times. Um, but allegedly, um, if you look at the processes that uh, we say, well, we're going to recycle genes into brand new cotton or into viscose. Well, no, you're not, because you're going to use uh, a process which has been in the wood pulp industry for a long time, but you're essentially going to use a wet spinning process, which contains nasty chemicals like carbon disulfide, which are a very, very poor chemical, <laughs> and you really don't want it. But people choose to ignore that because, hey, I've got beautiful viscose, but is that the best way of doing it? Um, so I think there's a lot of interesting examples where you mentioned the word recycling and everyone gets warm and fuzzy, but you have to be really careful that you understand how and what your chosen recycling partner is actually doing so you don't end up 
perhaps doing something you didn't think you were. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Look, I think um, we're, we're really excited by BlockTech. So there's only three companies in the world doing this. Um, <clears throat> this. This Australian company will be the first to market commercially. It's been developed using um, scientific knowledge and minds and, and skills available within Australian universities. Um, the patents have been developed using those skills. So I think it's something we should be incredibly proud about and we should be talking about a lot more. Um, and the fact that for once we're taking university outputs and we're commercializing them at scale onshore rather than selling that technology offshore because you mentioned manufacturing and people usually run for the door. Um, I, think it's, I think it's something we should be very, very proud of and we should get behind the universities at University of uh, Queensland and Queensland University of Tech Technology, who've done a great job. Thank you so much for that. That was really, really interesting. Yeah, it's a really cool business. I mean, we've, 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 we've got some really cool stuff going on and we're very proud yeah. of it. And, and also, I think the industry so often, the industry talks, you know, the, the waste industry and the recycling, that they, they see it as a competitive industry. Mm. Um, there's a million tonnes of textile waste in Australia alone. There's 100, 100 million tonnes now, 140 million tonnes globally by 2030. So if we're managing to go, if everything goes right for us, and by the end of next year, we're recycling 10,000 tonnes, there's more than enough for everybody to have a play with. So mm. if, if, if our activities do nothing else but stimulate more people to come into the market and hopefully collaborate in solving a problem, that's got to be good. But the market, we've got to change the mental paradigm of how we see the waste industry because it's just seen as if I can get as much waste as possible, I've succeeded. Whether you can do anything useful with that waste or not is not the question that's asked. Is how much, you know, I collect 20,000 tonnes. I've got this many um, collection bins. And what do you do with it? We burn it or we export it. Mm, great. Neither of those are very good out, out, outcomes for the planet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's um, getting rid of things is an inherently difficult process. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, and as sure as your audience know, you know, polymers particularly, you know, mm. polymers particularly, <laughs> they're fantastic, but they're virtually indestructible. Yeah, that's you know, why we have, use them. That's why we like them. And, and also I think this argument to say, well, we should ban all plastics, that's a little bit naive as well. We should, we should, you know, I don't want to go back to clay pipes cracking in the ground and sewage leaking out. I don't want house fires caused, caused by corded cables. I like the idea of plastics being used sensibly, hmm. but there has to be a product stewardship scheme. So at the end of that plastic's life, it's recycled and reused properly because with the right chemical and physical constraints, it can be. Polymers hmm. are virtually indestructible. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, and the, the link with research is really, really good as well to see the um, taking stuff that's been developed by researchers here and turning it into an industry here is... Yeah, that and, 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 and that's important. And our future vision for, for block techs is neither Graham and I come from a science background, we both come from an industry background. Mm. Um, but we've just sort of got... This is sort of like a hobby that got dreadfully out of control. And so I think for us as we become the block text becomes more successful. Uh, it's certainly our intention that we would then choose to build a, um, a, a textile recycling centre of excellence in Australia. Um, 
because with the second largest wasters of textiles in, in, in the world on a per capita basis. Hmm. So it would be great to take all those fine minds and those fine skills and actually continue to, to develop solutions that the world, world can use because those brains exist here. They've just hmm. never been asked the questions that we asked in a certain way. Well, thank you very much for your time, Adrian. Thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. Remember that you can head to cosmosmagazine.com via the link in the description for more great content. You can also subscribe to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's only science magazine, and Cosmos Weekly, our online subscription-based deep dive into the biggest issues. This episode is a briefing bonus that complements our main Cosmos Briefing video webinars. You can register for our next briefing via the link that you will also find in the description. And remember, if you support science and its communication, please support our work at the Royal Institution of Australia. I'm Chuck Smeaton. Today's interviews were hosted by Ellen Fidian, and our executive producer is Catherine Roberts. Thank you. Thank you.